the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I am a California Bar Admitted Attorney. I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. Now, in addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees. That is to say, I'm the master of the laws of taxation law, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. And both of these great master's degrees in law were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful city of San Francisco. Now, because of my training, my experiences, my interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, but I also do debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and, of course, taxation law. And as I've shared with you before, I'm proud to say that as part of my practice, I also sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that's going around that it's ever even been created. You know, so... As always, I'm always so pleased to be able to come to you again today to from my makeshift studios in my home in another great world-class city, that is to say Oakland, California, as I sit out with the rest of you, uh, try to overcome the limitations caused by COVID-19 and its spread. You know, we have to protect ourselves and our families from this deadly virus, but we also have to seek out opportunities to help each other and to stay positive and do constructive things to help our businesses and our economies move forward during these very strange times. So once again, I must ask you to please note that while this show is called Selwyn's Law and we talk mostly about the law, um, I am Uh, not providing any legal advice in this show, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help that I believe you need to undertake when you're dealing with your finances 
and or legal issues or a combination thereof. And I say this each week because I truly mean it. I believe that representing yourself in a legal matter, especially one dealing with complex issues of contracts relating to keeping a roof over your head and keeping your business going, uh, you know, it's it's like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And we all, you know, anyway, I love Westerns, but you know uh, that shame didn't take a butter knife to the gunfight. And uh, none of, and even in that instance, he got shot, although he was the best cowboy, you know, around. So you don't want to be, you know, a, a, a cowboy with a butter knife in the courtroom when everybody else is going to be packing. And I don't mean packing to hurt you physically, but they are packing to hurt you financially because they have the knowledge about the procedures and the court and the law that you likely don't have because you've been running your business or you've been running your family your whole life, whereas the lawyers that you're going to come up against, and believe you me, if the issue is about a bank or an insurance company coming after you for something that they say you did, and you're there trying to defend yourself, um, they're going to be represented by lawyers because the contract for your uh, to purchase your home and the deed of trust has a provision in there that they have the ability to take funds from you to pay their lawyers. So, you know, you really need to figure out a way to sidle up to them and be able to defend yourself properly or go after them properly uh, because they're going to be represented and you don't want to be the one there with a butter knife. Okay. Um, uh, So I, I have to tell you that the reason why I'm on the radio is because I believe that I have a duty to help you understand the law related to your money. And in these strange times, the lack thereof and your overall finances and what I think you need to consider, you need to consider, not me consider, you need to consider to protect your families and or your businesses and or your employees, financial health, wealth and money related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form. So today, because I've heard from some of you and because I believe inquiring minds want and need to know, um, I've heard from some of you small business owners wanting some overall guidance, because again, I don't give legal advice, but I can talk about things in a high level format, but you want some guidance on what you can try to do to save your businesses that have been shut down by government mandate. But then again, because you don't own the building, you have a landlord uh, where your restaurant or your bar or your health spa or whatever it is, your accounting business, and, and your landlord logically wants you to pay rent, but you don't have the money to pay rent. So, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to talk about, again, at a very high level, three things that I think you need to consider to possibly 
gain some relief. Again, there's no guarantees, but to possibly gain some relief, you need to consider doing one, two, or all three of these things to try to save your business. The first thing you need to do if the issue is about paying rent, you need to look at your rental contract and see if it contains something that I talked about on this show before, but it was at the beginning of the year. So we need to look at it again. See if it contains something known as a force majeure clause. That literally means an act of God is preventing you from performing your duties under your rental contract, such as timely paying your rent each month. Now, in in layperson's language, force majeure, as interpreted by a court of competent jurisdiction, may find that due to your well-articulated defense for not paying your rent for the past several months, backed up with requisite proof, that is to say not pie-in-the-sky statements, but backed up with evidence that because, say, the city and county of San Francisco mandated that all restaurants, including the one that you and your family spent the last 35 years building up to where it could now support you and your children and help send them to college and now your grandchildren and your 25 loyal employees who you love as if they were part of your family because they are, you must, the city is telling you, you must close down completely or only serve takeout curbside service, which for the last few months only provides you with $2,000 per month of total income and your rent is $10,000 because the city, in its wisdom, and probably wisely so, has decided that businesses need to shut down in order to stave off the community spread of COVID-19. Okay, so what are you going to do? Well, the court in this instance, if you're able to articulate this and provide it with proof, the court may find that you're legally relieved of your duty to pay some or all of your rent. And even if there's no force majeure provision, a court of competent jurisdiction under the facts I've already stated may find that under certain situations, you may be relieved of paying some or all of the rent because of to do so or the circumstances are impossible or impractical or both or it frustrates the purpose of the contract. These are defenses for breach of contract. Impossibility, impracticability, and frustration of purpose. The second thing that you need to do is whip out your uh, insurance policy to see if you have business interruption coverage or something that you thought you were paying all that money for 
to protect you if your business got interrupted by any re- for any reason. Anyway, that's what your insurance agent or broker told you. The third thing you need to consider is filing for bankruptcy to see if that might give you some protection under the protection of the court while you try to sort out all this mess. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Some practical things that you need to consider um, to save your business. And so we're going to go into greater detail when we come back. Uh, But first, we're going to take a short break. And I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue our high-level discussion on what some of you have inquired of me is what you need to think about to help you try and save your small restaurant, your bar, or your health spa uh, in this strange time when our government, for our own good, and I'm not criticizing government, but they, they are trying to stop community spread but we got to put food on the table. We got to have, you know, our employees. So what what can we do to try to save our business or at least have the time to figure out if it's possible to save our business and to allocate risks the way we thought we allocated risk when we bought this small business insurance package that had a facility contained in it that dealt with business interruption, or so we thought it it did. But, you know, first, let's level set on what a contract is and is not, because we're talking about two of your most important contracts. If you're a small business person renting your facility, such as your restaurant or your health uh, spa, your ladies spa, day spa, um, your rental agreement and your insurance policy, which is also a contract. So what is a contract? A contract is a legally binding document between at least two parties that defines and governs the rights and duties of the parties to that agreement. A contract is legally enforceable because it meets the requirements and it is a approved by the law in the jurisdiction where the contract was entered into. A contract typically involves the exchange of goods, services, uh, goods, grocery store, services, restaurant, money, banking facility, or your, the loan for your uh, home, or, and promises to pay any of these things. Breaches of contract means that the law will have to reward the injured party in our scenario, say that would be the landlord because he's not getting his rent or her rent. So it means that the law will award the injured party either access to one of the many legal remedies, which would be specific performance. You got to do what you said or money damages 
you know, you, you pay for the damages to the landlord. He lost five months worth of $10,000 a month rent, 50000 plus his attorney's fees. Or cancellation of the contract or some combination of, okay, we're going to cancel. The landlord gets to cancel your contract, put somebody new in there and get you out of there and you pay money damages and you pay his or her attorney's fees. So what are the elements of a contract? Um, The requisite for formation of a legal contract are an offer. Somebody offers you offer to rent uh, the space for your restaurant. The landlord accepts you as a tenant. You're both competent. That is to say nobody's underage or cray cray. And you have the legal capacity to contract. And there's a legal subject matter. This is a restaurant. We're not, you know, bringing drugs in from South America. We mutually agree there's exchange of consideration. That is to say something of value in exchange for something else of value. Mutual obligations. The landlord has to keep the uh, the place uh, up to health codes and building codes and Uh, you have to pay your rent. And certain contracts can be verbal. Others have to be in writing to be enforceable, such as your rental agreement or your insurance contract. So what is a breach of a contract? The breach of a contract is a legal cause of action against the person who breached it for a type of civil wrong in which a binding agreement or a bargain for exchange is not honored by one or more of the parties to the contract. Let's say we're not under COVID. The landlord, you know, didn't fix the plumbing, didn't, you know, didn't keep uh, the electric uh, uh, facilities in proper uh, format. But in the scenario that we're talking about now, you're technically breaching the contract because you're the one that's not performing. The landlord has provided you with space. You have your um, tables and your uh, your facilities there for the restaurant, but you don't have anybody coming into the restaurant because the city and county of San Francisco said they couldn't. So you're the one that's in breach. And that occurs when one party to the contract fails to fulfill its obligations, whether partially or wholly, as described in the contract. Or you communicate to the landlord, well, I, I haven't had a, you know, more than, you know, I'm not making more than $2,000 a month. And, you know, I, my, my, the nut that I have to crack to break even is, uh, you know, $40,000. I had been making forty five to to $50,000 a month before COVID. Now, 2000 I can't pay your rent. So you're just telling him you're in, that this is a situation might put you in breach. Where there's a breach of contract, the resulting damages will have to be paid by the breaching party to the aggrieved party unless there is a viable defense that will help the uh, breaching party prove to the court that notwithstanding the fact that I breached my contract with my landlord, there are legitimate, logical, and legally recognizable reasons for doing so. And Mr. Judge Man or, or Ms. Judge Lady, I need you to understand that it was 
a force majeure, an act of God. And let me just read you from an actual contract, a force majeure uh, section. It says, any prevention, delay, or stoppage due to strikes, lockouts, sabotage, labor disputes, acts of God, power failures, inability to obtain labor or material or reasonably su- reasonable substitutes thereof, government restrictions, government regulations, governmental controls, enemy or hostile government actions, war or warlike operations, civil commotions, fire or other casualties and other causes beyond the reasonable control of the parties obligated to perform shall excuse performance by such party for the period equal to the delay, the prevention, or the stoppage. So that's a force majeure clause. And as, as I said earlier, if you don't have that clause in your contract, and the one that I'm reading to you has a little, a, a little twist on it that we'll get to later on, you can look to impossibility. It's impossible for me to pay $10,000 a month rent if I'm only dragging in, and I mean dragging in, $2,000 a month. And I have all these other expenses. You know, I'm not getting that $2,000 for free. People aren't just throwing money in the door. No, I have expenses, and so I can't. So it's impossible for me to pay $10,000 a month a month, Mr. Mr. Landlord, as you explained to the judge. Or it's impractical. Uh, again, that same scenario. Or the purpose has been frustrated. The purpose of my relationship with my landlord, I bought, uh, you know, a stove and all this, you know, high class china and flatware and um, to run a restaurant. Both of us understood that that's You know, I wasn't going to just be in this space just because I was lonely and I I didn't want to be at home. I'm going to run a business here. The frustration of purpose is the city and county of San Francisco, in our example, for good reasons, is trying to stop community spread. It shut down uh, all restaurants, including mine. So I have this restaurant space and I can't fulfill the purpose because it's frustrated. Now, sometimes you have written documents, but they're ambiguous. They could mean any kinds of things. They're not well-crafted. So let me talk about that might be a reason to overcome something that says the counter in the contract, like your your contract. Well, this one, <laughs> uh, it, I, I'm laughing. It's not funny, but it's force majeure clause is what it says, what I had said earlier. But it goes on to say, except the tenant's obligations to pay rent as provided here and the tenant's obligation to pay all reimbursable costs and other costs, such as attorney's fees or charges to be paid by the tenant in accordance herewith, shall in no event be excused. So it's a force majeure contract that protects the landlord, but it doesn't protect the tenant. And so a court might find that that doesn't make 
sense, although it says something in English, and it says, you know, except for, maybe the court will say that except for is okay, maybe the court will find that it's ambiguous. So, you know, I am going to cut off this discussion because there's a whole lot more that we I want to get into. I want to get into your business interruption contract, but we're just about out of time. And so I'm going to put a pin in it for now. But as I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law especially if there's a way for us to legally, legitimately, and ethically keep our businesses afloat during a pandemic. So please mask up, keep your social distance, wash your hands, stay safe so you and I can get together again next week. Take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.